Welcome to Forgotonia. I'm Rich Egger. Thanks for joining us as we explore the rural 16-county region in western Illinois that was dubbed Forgotonia more than half a century ago. From Tri-State's Public Radio on the campus of Western Illinois University, Welcome to Forgotonia. We'll take you through Forgotonia's history, its culture, its landscape, its challenges, and its future through the voices of the people who call it home. Today, we start off in Cuba, a town of about 1,200 people in Fulton County. That sound signals the start of a class period at Cuba Middle Senior High School. I went there to speak with Joe Brewer and some of his students. Joe is a teacher, and he's advisor for the History Club. We're going to talk about Forgatonia. First, Joe had a class to teach, but because I was there, he launched into a monologue about Forgatonia. You guys know viral videos, man. You know viral videos more than anybody else. What's one of the first viral videos ever? Have you ever seen the dude with the nunchucks that actually knocks himself out? and then he tries to get back going, right? I don't know, that's one of the first ones. Charlie bit me, I don't know, that's one of the first ones. This, this would have been one of the first viral videos if we had YouTube back then. Joe explains how in the early 70s, there was talk about having a 16-county region of Western Illinois secede. And it was kind of a joke. So you can Google it right now, Google it right now. Some of these pictures of a guy named Neil Gam, who is a college student at Western Illinois. He's majoring in theater. And he's a really funny dude. And he gets asked by some, some friends, some associates of him, to dress up as kind of like the Monopoly guy. He looks like this very prestigious-looking governor, but it's a joke. And he's taking pictures in his very fancy dress. He's taking pictures next to old, rusty cars, buildings that are falling apart, you know, barns that are, like, chipping away. And it's to make a point that Western Illinois is not getting the, and here's the word, you said taxes, which is totally on the right trail. But the word back then was transportation was the concern. They're not getting the transportation, the infrastructure, the trains, the roads, this and that. That they're being bypassed, forgotten by the Springfield area where the government is. Chicago where the perception is. Chicago is getting all this stuff. So yeah. Joe is telling his class all of this without using any notes. He's winging it and he's knocking it out of the park. The effort was, and it was a joke, it was a joke. It's kind of a viral video, and if you look at some of the pictures, the pictures are supposed to be funny. Why is there a guy dressed up in this fancy attire, right? Why is he dressed up in fancy attire and next to all this old stuff? Well, it was a joke. This thing took off, and it was really one of the first viral stories, if you can kind of think of it today as something you put on the internet that gets big. Uh, the New York Times starts printing stories about it. Wow, there's an effort to succeed. By the way, do you guys in your day, do you hear people talk about that? Do you hear people express angst and frustration towards the rest of the state of Illinois? Do you, are you aware of the tension that often exists between rural and urban places? And so that forgotten feeling still resonates in a lot of people. Uh, but back to the story, Neil Gam, if you guys see pictures of him, who is a non-traditional college student. Neil Gam's a, a Vietnam vet. He's been to Vietnam, um, but he's also is very humorous, likes people a lot. And now it's starting to get serious. People start asking him some really serious questions like, maybe this is a good idea. Joe tells the students that the official flag of Forgatonia was the white flag of surrender. And the idea was we're going to surrender but ask for foreign aid and that's where we're going to get the money for our infrastructure. Uh, but this kind of viral joke 
took off and it got sort of serious. And now Neil Gam, this college student, is feeling questions that are serious and anger and frustration. So that was the, the movement. It kind of, like a lot of viral videos, it kind of fades, right? Kind of fizzles out a little bit. Illinois eventually gets some of that infrastructure sort of stuff. You know, we get some of those, some of those roads. The Amtrak station, I think, comes through. Joe is talking about things that happened half a century ago, but Forgottonia is not just a thing of the past. Are those feelings very much alive today, right? That do people still express that anger. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. You guys heard of the Forgottonia Brewery in Macomb? Have you heard of that? That's a business that's kind of reclaimed that word Forgottonia, where now there's this movement of people that have said, I kind of like this collective cultural identity that we have here in Western Illinois. We've got a lot of great like trails and scenery. How, how many of you guys are aware of people come? This is a tourist area too. People come from all over for hunting and fishing things. Um, so Western Illinois has this unique kind of cultural region thing. And so we kind of think there's, there's people that know the history of this Neil Gam guy that was part of the succession movement. And then there's people that celebrate Forgot Tony, reclaim the word for something more positive. And then there's folks that you guys started out as that just don't even know what this word means, that have no idea that kind of cultural identity. So anyway, that's my quick story that I made a lot longer. Sorry about that. Joe is so passionate about Forgotonia that he started a pretty cool project for students in the History Club. They're doing a podcast about Forgotonia, a podcast about their own part of the state and its history. It's called the Forgotonia Project. You should check it out. You can find episodes at ForgotoniaProject.com. The students have done episodes on topics such as rural schools, local divisions during the American Civil War, and the history of mining in the region. The high schoolers were born decades after the Forgottonia movement came and went. I wondered what they thought about it. Is Forgottonia something to take pride in, or is it making fun of us? I think it's something that we can have pride in. Uh, we need more people to know about it, for sure. I can't see it both ways. Like it's kind of making it's making fun of us just a little bit, but how about how like so many people do not know about about anything about it, even though it's like a major part of our history. And so we need to try to figure out to make it like more widespread about what what actually is forgot Forgotonia. I don't think the name is that embarrassing. I think I because this whole thing was originally a joke, so I think it's all just for like laughs and stuff but it's also for a reason which is which is about in the roads and being heard we heard from students jason stead braxton humphrey and katie churchill for her podcast katie interviewed john marshall about forgotonia marshall is a retired educator his last job was superintendent of vit another rural fulton county school district more importantly he has some serious Forgotonia cred because he was a longtime friend of Neil Gam. Katie says they learned from John why Neil Gam was the right choice to be governor of Forgotonia. He was this outgoing guy, and he he was not afraid to talk to anybody, even if they were strangers. And he would and he was just really great with what he did. What would you like people to know about Neil Gam, the sort of head figure of Forgotonia? There's more to him than what there really is. Like, he, he had great insights, and 
he was a very funny guy and he was he's more of a friend than a political figure. What do you what do you think was accomplished by creating this Forgottonia uh, movement? I think it was like to really point out how run down these counties were and they wanted their themselves to be heard and they wanted money to fix all these railroads and this and all the stuff in the town and and roads and just infrastructure in general yes exactly i also got a chance to sit down with john he first crossed paths with neil gam when they played football together at vit neil was the center and john was the quarterback on a team that finished as conference co-champions. John and I spoke at Sullivan Taylor Coffee House on the Cordell Square in Macomb. Neil and I crossed paths three times in our lives, and the second time he had gone to college a couple years, dropped out, went in the military, got out, and he was studying drama at Western at the same time I was working on my graduate studies. So. We actually traded rides back and forth during that time. Did he talk at all about the uh, about Forgottonia? Uh, yes, after that began, but that was kind of at the end of my uh, graduate program at the time, so I didn't know a lot about it, but um, he was very excited about it. Did, did he talk at all about why he was excited about it? Uh, well, first of all, he was a showman, and he, he loved to talk to people. But uh, secondly, he believed in the cause, that uh, this area just wasn't getting the tax money that it should. So, yeah, he, he believed in the cause. <laughs> and you, and you said you crossed paths with him three times, so what was the third time? Um, the third time was when, after the Forgottonia thing was over, he went out west and actually worked construction and did several things, and then... He returned to IPEVA the same time I came back as superintendent. So, and we rekindled our friendship then. So, did you spend much time with him that third time? Uh, we weren't close friends, but good friends, and we would have a beer together, and and uh, we weren't together constantly. But like I said, we'd cross paths a lot because we lived in the same town. What would you like people to know about Neil Gam? just a great person. He was extremely bright, but, and this, I don't mean this in a bad way, but you'd never know it because uh, when he came back to IPEVA, he worked at FS, a, a farm supply organization. He tended bar. Uh, he and a friend from industry raised vegetables, which they sold at the farmer's market. So uh, he didn't put on airs. He was just, just a regular guy but he could also quote Shakespeare at length if you'd like him to. So. <laughs> Did you ever ask him to? <laughs> uh, no, sometimes you didn't have to ask him. <laughs> what, uh, what would you like uh, people to know about Forgottonia? I'm sure the, the people who started it didn't expect it to go anywhere, but just to draw attention to this part of the state, which is probably still forgotten a little bit. But enough talk about Neil Gam, the governor of Forgottonia. Let's hear from the man himself. We'll have to rely on archival audio to do this. 
because Neil Gam is no longer with us. He died in 2012. About a month before Neil died, he spoke with James Needham for a Tri-State's public radio program. James was a student at Western Illinois University at the time. I caught up with Governor Gam in a tiny bar called Four J's in the town of Ipava in Western Illinois. I was in that summer theater program and I went up there and I met these people through the, the summer theater. A couple of them were in uh, South Pacific and this and that. And we were at a, after, after a rap party one night after the closing of uh, South Pacific and they come up and said, say, would you like to... Do a like a be the front man for this political movement thing. Draw draw attention to Illinois. I said, sure, I would love to do it. And that's how it started. The chance meeting launched Gam into an experience that would change his life. For the next three months, Gam constantly appeared in local papers. People were talking about Forgatonia. He's been called a ham on more than one occasion, so he played the part. A little too well, his friends would later say. I had, this, I had this coat. It was it was like a oh, this thing was ancient. You know, it was the doctor in town here. See, his father was an undertaker. Now he had this double-breasted swallowtail coat. You know, old-fashioned deal like you know. And he said, "Would you would you like that for a costume?" Oh yeah. So I took that. But anyway, uh, and I worked as a waiter when I was in Springfield, so I had the handmade bow tie, and, uh, and then they, somebody made this bilious-looking sash that I had with a, a, a star pin on it, you know, and all the values. Forgatonia became a national sensation. Reporters from Sacramento, California to Albany, New York started contacting Gam. Wire services picked up the story. But no one was keeping a closer eye on him than the locals. You know, uh, and unfortunately, the bad part about that is, I did all these public appearances. People were asking questions that were harder for me to answer than, you know, I mean, it, it was serious stuff. Then I realized that, hey, you know, people are really looking for somebody to represent them and, and to talk about these issues. Boy, I felt so inadequate to do that, you know. But Gam may have not been giving himself enough credit. He was always able to make his point with public officials. Take, for example, the day he found himself at the podium in front of the Illinois House of Representatives. He brought with him a little piece of Forgatonia. I just dumped him out on the speaker's rostrum and said, Look, you guys, I said, this is what we're driving on up in, up in Forgatonia. I said, they're just pieces of concrete. I said, I just picked these up last night out, you know, just right out of the street, right out of the road. That was likely one of the final interviews Neil Gam did. On November 16th of 2012, Lloyd Neil Gam died in sleep at his home in Ipava. His friend and fellow Vietnam veteran, who simply went by the name of Jap, attended the funeral. He prepared a speech, but he couldn't muster the courage to read it at the funeral. But here, at the Four J's, Neil's home and hearth, Jap would speak. Neil was a son, an uncle, a nephew, a buddy, co-worker, a statesman. He was a wealth of information, though he didn't quite say it like that. 
but most of all, he was a hero. He is our brother and friend, and we are privileged to have had him in our lives. Thank you, Neil. God bless you. Neil Gam is gone, but he is not forgotten, and neither is Forgotonia. The McDonough County Board recently agreed to name a portion of County Road 600 North through Fandon as Governor Gam's Forgotonia Veterans Freeway. Fandon was chosen for the designation because that was the capital of Forgotonia. Fandon is an unincorporated community in McDonough County. There's Forgotonia Brewing in Macomb, as Joe Brewer mentioned. Photographer Bruce Morton from the town of Bowen in Hancock County has released a trilogy of books named Forgotonia, Forgotonia the Audience, and Forgotonia the Suburbs. The Macomb Area Convention and Visitors Bureau markets the region as unforgettable Forgotonia. A theater company in St. Louis even produced a musical called Forgotonia. I'm not making this up. Fly North Theatrics presented Forgotonia online in January of 2021 during the COVID-19 pandemic. In this And that's not the only musical salute to Forgotonia. Longtime Macomb-based musician Chris Valillo has released an album called Forgotonia. Here's a bit of the title track. Little town news, rusty old horseshoes, hanging up above the weather door. Old maple trees, a sultry summer breeze, waltzing across the summer kitchen floor. Why do you suppose the name Forgotonia is gaining traction again? I put that question to Cuba High School students Amber Cannon, Katie Churchill, and Cooper Leonard. I think it's because of online specifically that has really shown more people, not just people from Illinois, but people from other places that this exists, this is a thing that happened, and this is a thing that's still going on. I think she she's right. and. Since everything's online, one thing can be said, and then it's widespread. So um, it's probably also resurfacing because, like, we're probably not getting enough tax dollars again because I've seen it uh, coming up again. And um, Mr. Brewer was telling me about it and stuff about it, so yeah. I personally like the name. I think it it kind of serves as, like, you can do anything like if they just try hard enough because the people really weren't exactly expecting too much. Like like I said, it was like kind of half a joke. They weren't expecting much to happen out of it. But then with enough pushing, they were able to actually make it what they wanted. I should mention the entire Cuba school district from kindergarten through high school has around 400 students. It also has a teacher who is just bonkers about Forgotonia. After dismissing his class, Joe Brewer and I talked for a few more minutes. 
you need to be a little more passionate about the Forgottonia project. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's just such an interesting story, though, right? And I think one of the the things that resonated with me so much about it, because uh, I'm originally from the other side of the state, and so I've been teaching here in Cuba for, um, you know, about 16 years. And as I'm teaching more history, and I've learned uh, from from other you know history teachers that I know in the area about how important our local history is. And, you know, we often, as, as history teachers in social science, social science world, we all often express our own kind of frustration with the more and more mandates and more and more things that we're responsible to teach, which is great, which we should, but um, there's not a lot of emphasis on how important it is to teach local things and to really make a connection between your students and what's going on in our local area. So with me is I've learned more and more about this region and you've kind of needed those words and something to categorize it as, um, and I've learned about that Forgottonia story. And then that story is just kind of touched upon so many other things that I'm like, does anybody else know about this? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting. And it's also really exciting when you see young people make connections with it too. Like, wow, I never knew that happened because, uh, you know, Spending my time, most of my time I spend with, um, you know, young kids in these school, school settings, high school students in these school settings, there is not a lot of excitement about their communities, you know, overall, there's just not a lot of excitement. And there's a lot of folks expressed like this, I've got to, I've got to leave, you know, once I can, I'm out of here. And so when we're able to connect some students with some pretty meaningful stories and things that have happened here, and mostly just questions, right? That's mostly just can they get curious about some things and then keep visiting that curiosity and, and try to see what else you can ask and what else you can, can find out. Um, that's been really exciting for me. You, you said you're from the other side of the state. Where, where are you from? Okay, so I'm from um, the Bradley, Bourbon A, Kankakee area, which is kind of on the eastern side. You know, you're just a, a sort of tick away from, from Indiana, but it's also collectively part of Chicago area. You know, you're not far from Chicago. And then uh, my dad grew up in St. Louis, so we're always in St. Louis. So I, I do feel unique in that, you know, I live in Western Illinois now that I feel maybe personally that um, I've had an experience with each part of the state, and it's kind of lend itself well to this Forgottonia story, which is so much about not feeling connected with the other part of the state. So I think it's my own experience has kind of lend itself well to be passionate about this uh, this topic that, you know, I, I identify with being a Western Illinois person as we've made our home here. I've got, got my wife as a teacher here at Cuba teaches teaches art and technology and I've got two kids that go to this very building so we're very much identify as this part of the state and um, often feel that disconnection too from just you know my experience with the other areas as well what what do you plan to tackle next what's next for the Forgottonia project Man, well there's the things I have that I would like my um, my students to, uh, to to tackle so um, there's things I want to do but some of those history club students, and I, I hope I hope you heard this too, are, are really like connected with folks in the community and connected with people they talk to that the work they're doing needs to continue. So I would imagine that I want to give them an opportunity to expand their projects. Um, for instance, uh, Cooper, one of the, the, the young guys you talk with, just has a long list of folks saying, you know, n nobody's really preserving this, these experiences of rural schools closing, especially out there at Smithfield where Cooper's from. And so he has just generated a long list of folks that really ought to have their story preserved.
That sound also signals the end of a class period at Cuba High School, and it's signaling the end of our first episode of Welcome to Forgotonia. Thanks to Joe Brewer and the students in the Cuba High School History Club. Check out their podcast at ForgotoniaProject.com. Thanks also to our editor, Jane Carlson, and to Heather Norman, General Manager of Tri-States Public Radio. Welcome to Forgotonia, supported by the Illinois Humanities Council. We have a lot more stories to tell. We hope you'll join us again in the months ahead. Next time on Welcome to Forgotonia. Surprise, you know, because this is Macomb, and that's not something that typically happens around here. That's on our next episode of Welcome to Forgotonia. I'm Rich Egger. Thanks for listening. Little Town Blues, rusty old horseshoes, hanging up above the weather door. Old maple trees, a sultry summer breeze, waltzing across the summer kitchen floor. Thank you for listening to Welcome to Forgotonia from TSPR. Support content like this by donating at tspr.org.